Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with the purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your time to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with my man, C. Rock. What's up, brother? What's up, Corey? What's up? Long time no see. (laughs) (laughs) So Mike, um, Mike and I met uh, on Instagram and he, he and I connected and decided to switch out our podcast, meaning uh, he invited me on his, I invited him on mine, which is super cool because I love, love, love hearing about people's stories. So look, Let's go ahead and dive right in, Mike, and I would love to hear about, you know, who who the hell are you? Who is C-Rock? Well, listen, first of all, I'm going to tell a story I've been telling for a while, but I don't think everybody's heard it, so I'm going to tell it again, but I'm going to, I also have some updates to it, so I'm going to share that as well because it gets interesting. My story doesn't ever end until I die. They pluck me off this planet, man, but... Um, listen, I come from a broken home, never knew my parents together. Uh, when I was eight years old, I decided to move in with my dad and broke my mom's heart. Um, and, uh, I was looking for something better as far as just a new challenge to get uncomfortable at eight years old. I figured that out. It was weird. Um, uh, just knew that I needed something else. So I went to my dad's house and lived there for about three years. And during that time, um, you know, I, I don't know if those listening are familiar. There's probably a lot of people out there that did the every other weekend thing and had step parents involved and it gets complicated, man. It's not easy. And, you know, I'm not telling this story to bash anyone, but I just want to share my story and what my views are to tell you where I came from and then how I've overcome a lot of those things. So, uh, three years I was there, was some mental, emotional abuse, just this stiff things that shouldn't be happening to a kid. And again, I, I talked to you about it on your podcast about, or my podcast that I interviewed you about reactionary responses versus analytical responses and people just reacting things and doing things without thinking. And that happened a lot. And so as a kid, I, I felt the, uh, the results of that. So 
at 11 years old, I'd had enough. I wanted to get out of that culture of that, that household and uh, told my mom that, that I needed to get out of here, file court papers, whatever you got to do. She did. And when I came home from school one day, my dad had found out that I wanted to move. And my dad was my hero. And looking back, he's still my hero, man. Like he, he has a masonry business and all. I don't get to see him or talk to him right now, not by my choice. But he always had this wad of $100 bills in his pocket. I always looked up to him for that. And it wasn't about the money. It was about the fact of what money could get us. And we went on trips and went to dinners and, and we had a nice house and all this stuff, right? But the thing is, is that when he found that out, he pulled that $100, that wad of $100 bills out and peeled one off and said, you sure you want to live with your mother? They don't have it that good there. And, and they didn't. They really they, it, was, it, was, it wasn't the best, right? But he took a $100 bill, crumpled it up and threw it at me and said, here, well, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And so that stuck with me since I was 11. Now, again, we all say dumb shit, right? We all say dumb shit. I'm sure I've said some dumb shit before. But when he said that, it stuck with me and it imprinted on into me in my mind. So it's something that I've always driven off of because when that happened, I was like crushed and my hero gave up on me. But I remember two things. I remember one, I can't be the only person that's going through this. Like this, there's gotta be other people that, that, that have been given up on. There's gotta be other people. Although the thing with the other other weekend thing, my parents being split up felt like normal to me. It didn't seem like an out of the ordinary story. I just thought that that's what you're supposed to do. And, but I, I thought to myself, I can't be the only one. And the other thing I thought about is I'm not going to let him be right. I'm going to prove him wrong. And I've lived my life with that thing imprinted in my head of every day when I felt things are tough, when I felt things are like a setback or let down, I always thought to myself, what do you, I say, what are you made of all the time? What are you made of, man? Let's go. Look what you've been through. You can't let that, you, you can't let him win. You can't, you're not going to need that hundred dollar bill he threw at you. So I've always replayed that in my mind, not as a victim and, and sit back and, Oh, woe is me, but charge attack. That's, that's what's gone through my mind. So this movement I started called the, what are you made of movement or Waymo, um, which is a acronym for what are you made of um, is all started from self-talk, positive self-talk and drive. And so I also want to talk to you, Corey, about something else. So as I've gone through my life, I've always tried to be the best I possibly can be to be a role model to other people. And so, hey, look, this is where I came from. We all have different places we've come from, different levels. But where I came from, this is what I did after that. And you can too, and I want to share that with you. I want to share what I've been through and what I've learned so that you can skip some steps. You can get a shortcut. So then in business, I went through business in a, in a mortgage company and we worked for a mortgage company for like 12 years. I got to share this story for a second because this is important for people to understand. I built a company with my partner, Chris Short. We built a, a large division in a mortgage company, and, but we didn't do something right. We didn't build the foundation properly. So in business, you have to have your culture. If you don't have a good culture, you will have success sometimes. You will make money sometimes, but it won't last It'll go away quick. It'll crumble because when the times get tough, like we're going through now or 2008, people will start worrying about themselves and their own survival rather than the teams and the business's culture of the survival of the, of the business. And that's what happened to us. And the leadership of that company that we used to work for didn't do things the right way. And our whole thing that we had worked so hard for crumbled. So I know I'm going long-winded here, but I want to cover this for a second. And I'll let you ask some questions if you don't mind. But we, we went to a new company two years ago, Nations Lending. And I started with culture and I started with building people. And so we, we realized that the people are the thing that makes the business good. So why don't we build the people, invest in the people, help them become better people, bring greatness out of them, even if they don't know they have it in them. 
And uh, that has been the, the game changer for me. And that's what I want to teach other people now uh, going forward. That's such a, um, such a very relatable situation for me because of the hormone clinic and, I, and me actually feeling like I did exactly the same thing. Really. I didn't invest in the people. I, you know what? I, I hired the, the first person that walked through the damn door. Yeah, so happy, so happy to have someone. Oh yeah, so happy. I've yeah. been there before. Yeah, and man, was that a disaster. So you know, your people are so important in the fa- and in what's just as important as those people is what you put into those people. Like you said, it's so important in the foundation. If the foundation's jacked from the beginning, it's going to be jacked at the end. You know, I mean, it's it's just like a, a you know. Tony Robbins says, you know, there would never be an end to a marriage if you treated it like you did at the beginning of the marriage. Right, right, right. Yep, you know. chasing, chasing and, and, and trying to impress. Why? So here's the thing. So <clears throat> I'll take anybody that's committed and wants to get better. And, and even if they don't know how to do something, I'll show them how to do that. We, we've, we've basically improved, or I'm sorry, um, uh, increased our business in this mortgage business by doing what we're doing with these things I'm going to talk to you about in a second, by 400% year over year. That means if you did 100 units, you did 400 the next year. That means if you did 1,000, you did 4,000. 400% is a lot. That's a big increase. And what we've done is we've said, okay, we've done an increase. Let's continue to push the increase by adding people and growing the people that we have. So there's eight areas that we work on. I want to share them with you. Because I started a company called People Building Inc. off of this, where I coach people. I coach business leaders, executives, salespeople, um, anybody that wants to bring, bring greatness out of them. Um, I coach them. And these are the eight areas uh, that we coach off of. One is confidence. We talked about this on your, uh, my podcast, on your interview. Confidence is important because if you don't have confidence, you're not going to take action on things. So what we do is we think about what area can we get little tiny wins, short confidence builders, and we start stacking the confidence. And I sit back when I do this and teach people this stuff and I watch what happens. It is a phenomenon that, that I can't even put it into words. What happens, somebody gets a little win, they start getting excited, they get confidence, they try something else, they see more, their eyes get bigger, they get more excited. I'm sorry I have a dog in the background when we're on quarantine. Um, but uh, I hope you guys are dog lovers. Uh, anyway, so confidence is a big thing. So we start with confidence. And, uh, and then the second one is resilience. And resilience is important now when we're in this coronavirus environment because there's going to be setbacks and letdowns and negativity. You've got to have some kind of bounce back. So we work with people on resilience. Sorry, brother. Um, and then the third thing is leadership. Leadership, not just from the top people, not from executives and management, but all people. The first person, like when a person comes in the first time to a company, they're trying to impress just like a relationship. They're trying to impress people. So what we do is we say, like these new people come in, we watch their behavior. We tell the team that's been there a while, hey, watch these new people. Watch how they act. This is an example of how you should still be acting right now, right? So just like a relationship. The other thing is um, number four is emotional response, which I've talked a lot to you about already, analytical and reactive responses. And number five is mental, six is spiritual, seven is physical, and eight is financial. We try to hit all these categories with our people to build them. And build those, those little areas so that the, them as a whole become better people and, and we bring the greatness out of them. So, so what have you found uh, out of those eight things? And I know they're all super important, but what, 
what have you found of those eight things that have been, uh, has, have any of the eight things stuck out but more than one or the other? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, and by the way, on the IG live, I'm yelling, get the dog out of here. So I apologize for yelling in your guys' ear because I told the kids, get the dog out of here. I'm on a podcast. But yeah, I've got three happen, dogs, by the way. Things happen when you're, look, look, when you're in quarantine, there's some abnormal things that happen. And the only reason I'm yelling is because they're in the other room. So, so uh, anyway, I, I think that, I, I think confidence is the biggest thing because if you don't have confidence, you, you don't have the ability to look at these other areas and think that you can accomplish anything in them. Right. So that's the thing. Like you have to be in a situation where you have some uh, understanding that I can do. And when you have that, then you can look at those other areas and accomplish. So that's why I always put confidence as number one. And I think that the financial part of it, to me, I put the financial part at the end, even though finances are important, you got to put the financial part at the end because you're going to have the most impact on your finances. Once you get the first seven straight. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah, I you know that that actually doesn't surprise me because I feel like when when in you know I'll speak for me in my 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 business uh, my previous business I I tried to do financial things for my employees but that was really not enough right you can't act like an asshole and then try to make up for it. Yeah, I shouldn't say asshole. I, I wasn't really well, an give asshole. Me, give me an example. Like, what were you doing for him? Well, so here's a – oh, so um, let's see. Um, every Friday, lunch. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that was that was a cool – I thought that was a cool thing to do for the team. Right. Um, you know – sometimes I would bring them in coffee or, or donuts or whatever, whatever, just something to make them th know that I'm thinking about them and that I do appreciate them. Right. That's, um, that's developing a culture. So what, what wrong happened with that? Like what? Well, uh, uh, so this is where I didn't have, okay. This is where my control, this is where my reactor did not kick on my air conditioning unit. So because it was a med spa, I had, nothing but women working for me because they were doing like laser hair removal and shaving asses and you know, <laughs> every, everything else, not shaving, but lasering. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and we had a, you know, we had a, we had a, a, a vaginal rejuvenation machine. So you can only imagine. Yeah. It <laughs> tightens up the, everything down there. So dude cannot be down there doing that. Right. So, you know, once the door shuts to that room and you know, I have zero control. I have no I have no say. And so what happened was I found out from people that I know that they didn't know I knew that they were in there doing shit completely wrong. And like I I almost lost my shit because this is like 
you burn somebody, you're going to get sued. Like this is not like a game. So, so, so you were providing lunches for him, but how does that relate to what was happening behind the? Uh, well, that's a great question. I, it, it's not that the two are correlated. Um, it, it was that that was one of the areas that I just, that was one of the biggest downfalls that I had because I couldn't, I, I, I guess control. I, I just, I couldn't have, I didn't have any control. I never got my culture right. I never did. And that's, that was the problem. That was, I was the problem. Then what I did, you know, uh, didn't help the culture of the company. Um, yeah. So yeah, the two weren't really linked. Yeah. The two weren't really linked. Yeah. Um, that was about the nicest thing I did was lunch. Yeah, now look, the culture thing. Here's the thing. We have a four thing, four points that we look at culture. Uh, one of the main things is, is that we start with gratitude. And we make sure that all of our employees understand that how much we appreciate them. And each week in our sales meetings, we all go through around the room and name a person from the week before that's gone above and beyond and did something nice or that we're thankful for. Number two, we have unlimited income potential in our business. We create an opportunity for all of our employees to bring revenue into the company, whether they're salespeople or not. So our support staff, they're always asking for business. We help tell them, hey, listen, you bringing business in the door helps the business. We're going to help you. So we encourage that from our people. And that has increased our business substantially. And so that was number two. Number three is um, uh, unlimited income potential. We have gratitude. And then we have, man, I can't think it's off the top of my head now. But we, we, we focus on things. We have them in our book and we make sure that we're doing them because we want to, the culture is the most important thing. Like I said, when you're building a business, you have to start with that foundation and make sure that's there. If it's not, you, you're going to be all over the place and then you're going to fall. Like I said, when things get bad, you know, my, it's, it's so funny. You say, it's not funny you say that, but I, I was listening to, I think it was Dan Fleischman that said it. I think I, it was his, it was his, um, it was his elevator nights show. Um, and somebody on there said it either last week or this week. And they said, you know, if, uh, if you don't, um, if you're, if, if you're, shoot, it'll come back to me. While you think, while you're thinking of that one, I got the other two accountability, making Mm -hmm. sure that you have, you can hold people accountable. Don't believe their bullshit when they're giving you excuses and call them out on it and explain to them that there's something going on in their brain that they're buying into and you're not going to buy into it. So we, and we work on everybody holding each other accountable on the team. And the other thing is clarity and, and, and alignment with our goals. So we have our company's goals and we have the individual's goals and we make sure they're aligned because if they're not aligned, the people aren't going to go for the company's goals. So that's how we developed a good culture. We focused on that constantly. And again, uh, just like you're having some uh, mind slippage. I had some mind slippage there too, because um, I'm trying to remember all these 15 million things that I got going on today on a Monday in quarantine. I'm about to lose my shit. Uh, Dog barking. (laughs) But I think, I think we all go through these phases. Like, look, man, I'm human. Sometimes I'm just like, come on, man. After. (laughs) Yeah. I, right. So I remember now what it was. He said, you know, if you, uh, and, and actually it was, it was, um, it was one of the guys, it was a health guy. Anyway, it didn't matter who it was. But it was somebody on Dan's show, um, and he said, "You know, if your people don't take care of the customer, then you don't have any customers. So why is it that all, not all, but a lot of businesses focus on 
restaurants, for example, they focus on the customer. What does the customer want? What does the customer need? Not what does my staff need? Because my staff takes care of the customer. If my, if my staff's happy, my customers are going to be happy. Oh, yeah, it all rolls down. It all yeah. it rolls down. Absolutely. Ah, I've noticed that, like you're saying, like if you're in the, in the, uh, in the office and you just want stuff done and then you treat people the wrong way, and then, then the customers are coming to you complaining that the people aren't being, you know, treating them right. Yeah, it's all gratitude thing goes a long way. That gratitude thing. It's huge, man. Because then when your employees are showing thanks to their customer, the customer will want to come back. Um, but you know, that, that's, that's the stuff that we've been focusing on. Um, but let me tell you something else. So we have this, I have a podcast. You were on there just a little while ago. The, what are you made of podcast? We want to share with these, with everyone that anything they go through, it's okay to mess up sometimes, right? Like you and I, we've messed up in our past. I'm sure you, we've yeah. had our, our moments, right? But that doesn't define you. What defines you is how you've come out of it and what you're doing in the future. Now I'm 40 some years old. I'm 43. I think you're in the forties, right? Yeah. Our window for helping and impacting people has shrunk. And so now we have to put things in a little bit of hyperspeed. I heard some people talk about uh, patience. I, I don't have a lot of patience, man. Now, you've got to have patience with certain things, I understand, but I don't have a lot of patience for the time that I have left to impact people. I have a short window. So if somebody sees me working a lot of hours or somebody sees me going crazy or with a lot of passion and attitude right now, it's because I know that I have a – so, like, for example, if somebody's – sitting on the tracks and you see a train coming, are you going to just be patient and walk over there and take them off the tracks? Or are you going to run your ass over there, tackle them out of the way? That's what I feel right now with my uh, opportunity here, my short window to inspire people. And so that's where I'm coming from when I'm fired up like this sometimes, um, you know, but. Yeah, absolutely. So how many employees, how many employees do you have, Mike? Uh, we have just over 30 employees now and I uh, have, I have the opportunity, which can be a curse sometimes um, in a way for us, but I have my little brother works for us and three of my best friends I grew up with. And so when I say it's good, it's good and bad. Good is that I can trust them. They can trust me. Uh, bad is, is that like, you know, when we bring employees in, employees see that, right? And then they think that they got those positions and I'm in a position just because we're friends. And so what we have to do, and we have this conversation and I have it in front of the whole, all the employees is look. These guys have to step up and perform and be held accountable more than each individual employee does because we don't want you guys thinking that we're in a position because we're friends or related. So, it, you know, like I said, it could be good and bad in that, but as long as you're aware of it and you can, you, you know, understand that you need to step it up and work twice as hard to make sure people don't have that impression, um, then you're good. But I get to work with them guys, those guys. Um, we've, we've developed a team where we just added one person at a time, good quality people. And you talked about leadership. Here's another thing I want to talk about. So when, when we do, we started our culture. We had a little bit of trouble at first getting everybody bought in. So we had to kind of lay, lay the law down a little bit and say, listen, guys, here's what's going to happen. Here's what needs to happen. And if it doesn't happen, you're not going to work here. And you have to be okay saying that. And, and provide an exit for people to leave. So we would do what was called rooftop leadership, where we would go every single day and show them the ropes and show them how it's done. We wouldn't just tell them, hey, this needs to be done, that needs to be done. We would tell them, hey, you got to do this, this, and this to be successful. I'm going to show you. I'm going to do it, whether you do it or not. And you're either going to get in line and get, get, get on it, or you're not going to work here anymore. And I'll be okay doing it by myself until I find people that are willing to and buy, like, bring them into it one, on, one at a time and build that way. And we did that, and we lost some people. 
a few people, not many, but you're better off without those people anyway, because they're not buying into the culture. So in doing that, one person would join slowly but surely, and they would share their thoughts and ideas of what, you know, their feelings of, man, I'm buying into this, it's working with the rest of the team. And then before you know it, you have a whole bunch of people building into it and everybody's participating and everybody's buying into the culture. And then before you know it, you have a snowball effect going on and that's what we're dealing with right now. So great place to be brother. Great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I forgot to tell you this actually, and it's not, didn't play a huge, huge role in my life, but uh, I was actually in the mortgage business right before. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was a loan officer before you had to be licensed Mm -hmm. prior to 2008. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. This was probably like 2003, but this is the time. Were you in mortgages then? Uh-uh. I got in in 2006. Okay, so this is what happened with my the company I was with. The guy, we would lock loans. With, excuse me. We would not lock the loans. We would have the loans come in and have, we, you know, and the rates were phenomenal. It was so good until that day, until that day. And we had, I think, $800,000 worth of loans that were not locked that we had sent out. Fortunately, they weren't mine, um, but that were sent out. It doesn't matter whose they were because that that ended it. That sunk the ship right there. Boom. Done. Over. Man. What so they were locked, they weren't locked and then the rates went up or something and then you couldn't yeah. hold them. Uh, yeah. yeah. By like two points or something. It was something absurd. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. an astronomical amount of money difference. Yeah. 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 That's no fun, man. No, definitely not. I was definitely. in this, I was in in 2008 when uh, these, we were brokering at that time where we would just get the loan ready and then give it to a bank to handle or whatever. And we'd have all these loans submitted into underwriting with these banks. And in 2008, they would just say, Hey, we're not closing any more loans. You're going to have to do something with these loans. And we'd have to like, we had like all of our money tied up in this and all these people trying to buy houses and refinance. We'd have to pull them and find other companies if they would take them at that time. It was like a nightmare. That's not happening right now to us in our business. To, to us at Nations Lending, we're business as usual right now. A lot of lenders are raising their credit scores up from 580 to minimum like 660, 680, even some, some uh, lenders. And so they may have some loans in their pipeline where they're going to have to figure out, you know, where to send them and all that. We're fortunate that we are in a position that our leadership has set us up properly and prepared us for this. We're built for this, as we say. Um, so 2008 was totally different than this for that, in that respect. Um, but you know, uh, it's just, yeah, it's interesting times. I'll tell you what, I came into this right now prepared for, since 2008, ready to go, understanding what it's going to take to get through a period like this. And now I can also show other people how to do it as well, because I learned. And one, that's one thing I'll tell your listeners. As you're going through this period of time, you need a journal. Like I, I can tell you right now, I have um, one, two, three, four in my phone. And then I have these things laying all over the place. I'm, I'm writing things down, journaling. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I'm writing everything down, uh, what my thoughts are, what I'm going through, what I'm seeing, how people are responding, how they're acting. I'm writing a book right now during this so that I can understand for next time this happens to even be better prepared, even though I was prepared this time. Yes. That's smart, dude. My wife is actually starting she start, – she's just started writing her book. That's not true. She st- has had started. She's started back uh, writing her book during this time. This time has been – 
Um, and then I want to ask you how mortgages are going other than just the credit score right now. But uh, it's interesting because, you know, some people take this time and do nothing, sit on the couch, watch Netflix, fucking eat shit you're not supposed to eat. And that was, I, I wasn't the Netflix portion, but I had kind of gone down that, that road of, of, of picking up stuff that I didn't need, sugar primarily. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why one of the reasons why the fast was so appealing to me was because I just needed to get all that shit out. And dude, like, I can't even tell you, I wouldn't in a million years would have guessed the clarity and, and, and the, the benefits that I got after doing something like that. You why was I mean? it five? Why was it five days? Like not three? I way. don't. I don't know. That's I don't know if got. it's like if I want to try this. If I can do it for six days, seven days, five days, three days, like it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> well, there's a guy. There is a guy that did it for thirty-eight days. He was on Brad Lee's show, actually. Um, thirty-eight days. Thirty-eight days in that like Amazon or something. He had cancer. So this is another thing, dude. Like this. So fasting. Like this guy, he went down. I don't remember what kind of cancer he had. Whatever it was, he had two weeks to live before he went down. He went down, and I may be skipping a few parts, but he he, he went down to this place, this wherever the fuck it was, and, and um, in the middle of the jungle and ate not, or drank water for 40, almost 40 days, 38 days, and he came back, and the cancer was practically gone. What? Now, now here's another story about that. Okay. So my buddy, um, Tony Freeman, who, uh, I don't know if you follow bodybuilding at all, but if you do, then you definitely know who that is. Um, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Tony, his, he, t- so he, he's got a family member that's got, uh, some type of cancer mm-hmm. and they went to a place in Texas and did the same thing, did it, but except seven days, seven day fast, except for they had oxygen, I believe it was pumped into their body. Now, I don't know exactly how that was done, um, but o- oxidative oxid oxidation kills cancer. You know, I don't, I don't know if it, I, it sounds like common sense, but I don't, I don't know if it is. Um, anyway, so it, Essentially, like like just like the guy shrunk that cancer down to practically nothing, it was practically gone, like oh, or it was gone. I can't remember which. Seven days. Damn, that's crazy. So that you know, if you can do that, I'm like, fuck, dude, I can do it for five days, right? I can do it for five days and kill right. whatever's going on, you know, if there is anything. Right. Now, do you guys have any kids? One. We have one. Yeah. How old? She's she'll be eleven the end of the month. Okay, so how does she deal with you guys not eating and being grouchy and everything? <laughs> well, so so she was with her biological father uh, during that time. Gotcha, gotcha. So she wasn't <laughs> so, as much. Okay, yeah, that makes and, sense. And, and, and funny enough, she when she, she was he was bringing her home, and we sent her to her Mimi's the next night because actually next two nights because we were finishing it up because we didn't want to sub. You know, we didn't. We just didn't want to, we were grouchy as shit like, and it just wasn't, wasn't yeah. a good idea for her to be yeah. Well, so. hey, hey, Cor, so by the way, so I got this thing, I'm getting ready to start in May and I want to keep everybody up to date with it. We don't have an exact date, but I want to let everyone know how to get updates from uh, what we're doing. We're going to be doing this seven day challenge on Facebook, on my uh, Facebook page. 
and it's going to teach people how to build a business if they haven't already, or if they're in a business, how to get the most out of their business like we have. And I want to share that with people because I'm the type of person when I see something that works, I can't keep my mouth shut. So um, if you don't mind, can I drop a, a website? Dude, tell, I would uh, love for you to even tell us a little bit about well, it. Well, if you go to www.waymocrew.com forward slash blueprint uh, and then register there, you'll see a free copy of the, uh, my book. You'll get, a, you'll get a little sneak peek of that. You'll get a free copy of the blueprint to find out what you're made of. And then I have a seven-day challenge, and it's based off of my method, it's a proprietary process called the Waymore method, Waymo with R-E on the end of it, Waymore. And basically, I use this, and the letters, each day is a letter. So the W will be the first day, the A will be the second day. And we're going to go through some topics through this seven-day challenge on how to start your business or build your business with culture, like we just talked about. Making sure that you're covering and building the people in your business to be the greatest possible. Finding out what you should do first, what you shouldn't do. We're going to go through all that. And I've shown an increase in the first 60 to 90 days of 40% revenue and increase in businesses that I've helped. And over a year's time, like I told you, we've gone up 400%. So if anybody's interested in that, go to waymocrew.com forward slash blueprints and register and uh and i'll get you all the info on that and as we announce uh the challenge and when that's going to be it'll come out and be an email and everybody will keep up to date with that we i mean uh, i would say that i would say that's a pretty good uh pretty good testimony 400 percent um you know so if you go teach people to do that in seven days that's pretty damn strong yeah i mean and also anybody i work with i always bring the graphs up too we do a lot of zoom calls and i'll bring the graphs up and actually show them the numbers it's not bullshit like anybody can say that. And there's a lot of people out there that are trying to help business people and help salespeople that haven't done it. I've done it. I've proven it. And before I went out coaching this stuff, I've proven it and made sure that I know what the hell I'm talking about so that I could share that with people. So uh, check it out. I'm here to help. And then, by the way, the What Do You Made Up podcast too, check it out. You can go subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube, Mike C. Rock Sirocco. Uh, I want to help people, man. I want to help your people. And I'm anybody that, 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 that like my people that can get help from you, man. I want to send them your way. I just want to lift people up core. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. But you know why? Cause it, cause it makes us feel good, man. Makes us feel yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, nothing like being able to help somebody when they need the help, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what it's all about is putting good out in the universe and, and uh, look, we needed it when we were younger, man. I mean, you know, you told me your story uh, on the interview I had with you and you know, I, I got stuff that I've been through in my life too that I haven't shared with everyone. And maybe I'm not ready to share everything with people for, you know, to, to protect some people right now. But um, there's some things that I've been through that I would never wish on anyone. And I've learned from it. And those people that are going through those kind of things, I want to be there to help them get them through it and understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And if you just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, not only will you get better and there's a light at the end of the tunnel, there's the people that you can help and inspire in the world. And, uh, man, that's key for me. Dude, I'm right there with you. Couldn't have said it any better, my man. Couldn't have said it any better. Mike, look, brother, um, I think we're getting close. Are we getting close? Yeah, man. Uh, Are we? Yeah, yeah, it's quarter after three right now, man. We'll wrap this up, but I'll come back on your show anytime. Yeah, dude, this has been great. Thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate that. Can you, uh, do you mind letting everybody know 
just where you are, unless you do, you may, I know you've kind of sprinkled that throughout, but can you just go ahead? Yeah. And- yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Mikey C rock with no K at Mikey C rock. We're live right now on Instagram, but yeah, just go follow me there. I got a great, uh, content, like basically scheduled to put out content constantly to you to help you through your business, through your life. And, uh, obviously the, what are you made of podcast, uh, is where you can also listen to me and check me out there. All right, folks, you've heard it right there. So, uh, go check Mike out. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it, brother. Um, it's been a pleasure, my man. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.